Oh, Recorded live. Welcome to episode 11 of Scoob Obsessed. This is the official start to our dive season. This week we'll be covering federal fishery strategy, seal rescued by divers, submarine found, divers removed entanglement hazards, and the youngest scuba diver yet again. Welcome. How you doing today, Jim? I'm doing well. How are you, Darren? I'm not too bad. <clears throat> if I if I don't lose my voice, uh, I was hoping I'd be over this cold by now, but it seems to be hanging on. Right, it does seem to be hanging on for you. What this uh, is this your third week, second week, second full week, huh? Yeah, probably my second full week. Uh, you know, I I drug myself up pretty good and got myself clear for this last weekend so that we could do the dive, and I think I'm paying for it now. But you know what? It was, it was worth, worth it. it. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It, you know, it was a good time. Yeah, it, it certainly was. So, uh, you know, I, I think we can declare the official open the diving season. Of course, being scuba obsessed, the diving season never ends. But we did get out. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I think most people would, who aren't ice divers or, or crazy river divers would, would think that uh, that would be the official beginning of the season. Because what did we do? Uh, this past weekend, dove in cold water. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's cold water an awful lot, but uh, we, we uh, got out, we uh, got into the, the big Lake Michigan and uh, did a wreck dive. Well, some of us did a wreck dive. Well, you know, I, I think you can count that. I mean, you were within, what, 20, 30 feet of it. Uh, yeah, I, I checked my uh, I checked my computer. Um, and I did. Uh, I actually made it down to 33 feet, which it didn't seem like it. Um, 33 feet. You made it. You were within, like, I mean, you should have. Je- you were probably right on the edge. You couldn't see the bottom, or you probably weren't looking. I was. I was concentrating on trying to get a free flow uh, under control and seeing if I could stop it um, underwater. And uh, I was pretty unsuccessful at that. So Bob was saying that he saw the bottom um, from 10 feet or so. So you know, I I was pretty uh pretty pretty much had tunnel vision I think trying to take care of what I had going on at hand. Yep. So just to bring everybody up to speed on what we're talking about, uh, we went out in Lake Michigan and got our first uh, wreck dive of the season, and actually our first wreck dive out in in Lake Michigan. Right. Uh, and you know we we've been looking forward to this. Everybody keeps asking us, "Have you drove on this? Have you dove on that?" And no, we haven't. Nope, nope, just nope. just pretty much if 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 you haven't dove with us there, we probably haven't dove it yet. So right. uh, we got to go out. So that was Saturday. We had this planned. We there was uh, four of us. We had Bob, Bob, Kurt, Jim, and myself. We went out in the boat. We we met at Kirk's place there and. Uh, you know, got the boat yep, ready. Bob took us out in his boat. You know? Yep, Bob. He's got a nice boat. And, uh, you know, it's it's 22 feet. But how I've been describing it to everybody is imagine a jet ski. Draw <laughs> like 12 <laughs> inches all the way around the jet ski. And that's the boat part. You know, it's fiberglass. Yep. And then yep. imagine a Zodiac boat, you know, one of those inflatable rubber boats. And have one of those around the outside of the boat. And then put a big motor on the back, and that's what you're in. <laughs> yep, and, and, and it, that's exactly it. I'm, I mean, you're not going to sink that. It's got four separate air bladders. you got a fiberglass hull. 
I mean, you're you're gonna have to have one heck of a disaster. I mean, you can never say never on something sinking, but you would have to have a pretty bad disaster for that thing to go under. But we we went out. Uh, it was what was the air temperature? Would you say was it in a, you know high thirties maybe? Low forties, high thirties. I'm I'm I'll vote low forties. Low forties because it really wasn't that bad out. It was a pretty nice uh, pretty nice day. Uh, it was it was overcast, so it wasn't a bright day. Mm-hmm. We had to go up the river. You know, the boat's small enough; we didn't have to have have any drawbridge uh, raised. Uh, well, I think they should have, just out of respect. J- just an just an honor. You know, we that we should yeah. have standing standing right. uh, ovation or uh, crowds yeah. gathering to watch us. Uh, usually, the crowds gather, but it's more of the spectacle as look at the crazy people. And right before the police arrive. Yeah, yeah, we've we've oh. had that happen a few times. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, and it was a, you know, the the river ride wasn't too bad out. Uh, you know, a little bit of breeze. I think the breeze is coming out of the north. Uh, we got right when you got around the pier. You know, you the north pier wasn't protecting the channel anymore. It started getting a little choppy. I'd say we had two to two and a half foot waves, and the way out that was, uh, you know, there there was bouncing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there was. The the beauty about that boat is that it's it's light uh, and it's very uh, very safe and very seaworthy. The downside is that it's light, so you're staying right on top of the water where you want to be. But when it gets a little choppy, you feel it. But it's not like a run. big V hull boat where you know it's kind of cutting down into the waves sitting a little deeper in the water i mean you you were on top skipping across the the waves and you know going against the wind out you know it was a little bouncy but you know i would say if you've had if you've got hemorrhoids this is the boat for you because this will take them out (laughs) yeah we would because you sit on the sides basically you're sitting on the inflatable part of the boat and I'm glad that was like that because had we been bouncing on the bottom of fiberglass, that would have hurt. Yeah, it would have been painful. Now, I'll, I'll admit something, but it's just to you. I was a little bit sore the following day uh, and the day after. I felt like it was on uh, one of those ab roller things. My stomach and my side muscles were, were feeling it to from keeping uh, keeping upright. Uh <laughs> But got, Bob was grinning the whole way, so uh, oh, yeah, he, it was a good ride. It was, he, it was he a had, good time. He had that... Uh, that that stance, you know, one knee on the seat, one leg next to it, holding on like he was like a biker, just yep. riding off into the wind. Uh, Kurt had yep. a had a pretty good spot there, and then you and I were taking up the rear there, and that that bouncing and is you know all the gear starts up front, and by the time we got to the dive site, it was all kind of in the back of the boat. We had to keep pulling it out, and make sure it wouldn't it it wouldn't, wouldn't slide too far, and you know, uh, yep. but like you. My arms were getting tired because they've got a rope that you hold on to. And, uh, you know, at first, you don't even realize you're doing it. You're holding on. And, like, you know, it's kind of like riding a horse. you got to, like, relax and go with it and don't fight the waves. And, uh, you right. know, and, and once, you know, once you get going, it wasn't too bad. It's about five, five six-mile ride out to the wreck. The wreck we dove on is the Havana. And, uh, you know, I, I was excited about diving on it. You know, anybody yeah. who dives it, a serious wreck diver, you're probably going to laugh at it, but laugh at it because it's a rubble wreck. It's pretty yeah, much it, just a bunch of boards laying on the bottom. It, 
for a little history, those that don't know, um, it is, it's right off of, uh, St. Joe Benton Harbor piers, uh, six, seven miles, something like that. Um, but it, it was, a uh, old schooner, uh, two masted schooner. And, uh, it was, uh, Actually, you could get some uh, information probably off the Michigan Shepherd uh, website about the history. But it sank uh, in the late 1880s. And uh, so it, there's still rubble there, and there's still something to see for those who have seen it. I didn't see it. But uh, um, it's worth seeing. It's worth going to. Yeah. So, you know, Jim and I are diving wet. Bob and Kurt are driving dye, dry, dye, and hopefully not dying, but dry. No, not at all. Uh, dry. So, uh, what we did is we, uh, you know, they, you know, you know, thank God for GPS. You know, he just put the coordinates in his, uh, computer there and pretty much said, okay, here we are at the spot through the anchor overboard. Uh, it, it, it seemed to bite pretty well in the bottom. So, uh, Kurt and Bob, uh, went down to find the wreck and then they came up to get you. And, uh, you know, nice thing about this boat is it's low to the water. It's not like you're, you know, you're going to jump off the deck. And the nice thing you remember about getting out of a boat is if you get out, you're hopefully going to be able to get back on. Right. And that, you know, that's, uh, that's the beauty of this, uh, this inflatable is you do have the low sides in, uh, uh, I'd have to say that my, uh, my entry was probably an uh, eight out of 10 or a nine out of a 10. And, uh, I went, uh, dropped in, um, checked out the site for a, a few seconds, uh, f- started following the anchor line down and, uh, well, that's when the free flow started. Free flow. Oh gosh, that dreaded free flow. And, and you've had three or four of those this year. I had, uh, actually I think that's the second. Um, but it, it, uh, it's enough to convince me that I'm going to have to look at upgrading my regulators for, for cold water. Um, now the water temp, there was, I think it was high 30s, 30, 37, 38. Is that right? I, I think uh, the official temp I heard was 36. So, you know, it wasn't balmy temp. So it's, you know, you're still within that free flow range. And, yeah. you know, of course, you know, coming off of pressure because you probably had a pretty good fill. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard on a, on a regulator. You know, yours is environmentally sealed. Yeah. And, uh, so what we did, we tried to, uh, um, we surfaced again, did an ascent and, and surfaced and shut off, uh, the air and kind of bobbed around on the surface for a few minutes and, uh, kept the both first and second stages down in the water and then, uh, tried it again and, uh, it didn't work. So, uh, I called it off for, for me at that time and then, uh, did the, the, I don't even know what you would want to call it, the penguin entry, <laughs> trying to swim back up into the boat. And it worked pretty good. Oh, I my, think it was uh, uh, better you, than flapping around on the surface. You you launched yourself out. I think your knees were over the side. We were worried you were going to go f- all over the boat. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> it would have been. I, I, I think there could be uh, you know some sort of contest there. But, uh, yeah, you... I think Bob was expecting you to do more what I did later, which was uh, maybe have to take a couple attempts at it. But no, you you got in, but you know, unfortunately, you didn't you didn't get down there. But you now you said you got thirty you got thirty nine feet. Did you say thirty nine? No, I hit uh, thirty three. I think uh, we're starting to get a little problem here on the the 
technological end of it. But um, yeah, hit 33 feet. But I didn't. I could have swore at the time I wasn't any deeper than 10 or 15. Um, but that's a good example. If if you want to learn from every time out, that's a good example. How um, if you're not fully aware, uh, you can get tunnel vision or you get concentrating on the one thing ahead of you. And uh, you know, I had I had lost uh, an accurate idea of my true depth at that point um, because I was concentrating on that freeze flow. So, um, you know, I'm certainly going to take that away from uh, that experience to make me a better diver in the future to, to make sure that I don't target down on the task at hand and I've, I've still got an awareness of what's going on around me. Yeah, I, you were down for quite a bit. I mean, I mean, you weren't down for full dive, but when you came up and said that you were only down – 10 or 15 feet, I'm like, wow, you were, you know, either you were fighting something a long time or, uh, you know, you, you did, you just were along the surface because it, you know, it seemed like you had enough time to, to get down. So, you know, that, that final depth rating kind of makes sense. And you had to been just at that edge of seeing the bottom, you know, Bob, Bob <laughs> said, Bob said he had 40 feet vis vertical. You know, I was pretty much looking down that line. You know, admittedly, the line was at a 45. You know, I wasn't looking at the bottom. I was, you know, my eyes were, were forward. I'm doing the hand-over-hand crawl down there, making sure that, you mm-hmm. know, I'm adjusting my buoyancy to uh, get down there. And then, you know, I have, you know, being this the first wreck out here in Lake Michigan that I've dove on, I, I didn't really know what to expect, you know, how, you know, yeah, you know, I, I knew it wasn't tall, but you just don't know. So I'm I'm very observant of where I was heading. You know, Bob was uh, coming down alongside of me, and uh, you know, and then he could slowly start to see the wreck. And uh, the, the wreck is mostly zebra mussels, and we're gonna have a link on the uh, show page so you can go to it. You know, head on to scubaobsessed.com, and you'll be able to uh, follow the link, and you can see read a little bit about the wreck. And uh, it pretty much looks like it's laid out like it was in the picture. And, uh, later I, you know, as Bob, as we got up to the surface, Bob said that it's a little more covered than last year, but there were a few boards that don't have muscles on them. And that's what we use as a gauge to see if it was under sand. If you got a board that doesn't have zebra muscles on it, that means it's probably been covered for a few years. Uh, so there's a few new boards that they, you know, that weren't seen last year, but there's also parts of the wreck that are hidden. And uh, there's it's a it's a good example. This is a boat. You imagine a boat split open, laid flat on the bottom. Uh, that's that's what it's like. But for me, not being on a wreck, and you know, one thing I have to say is that visibility was much better than I thought. And I'm always amazed whenever I go diving, you know, because when you look from the surface, everything always seems dark. But when you get down there, it's brightly lit. And then Bob's got that laser beam light of his, and the you know, Jedi, the, the Jedi uh, flashlight. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so we, I, I got a good long dive in. It had to have been close to 30 minutes, you know, in a wetsuit in 40, you know, was 36 degree water. Right. I didn't, I, I didn't feel cold the whole time. And we went out in a wetsuit and then we dove, uh, uh, you know, so we're, we're down there in the water and then we knew we were going to have to go back in a wetsuit. But uh, I think the, one of the interesting things down there is Bob shined a light underneath. You know, they have the deck boards, and you're looking underneath just above the sand. And at first I couldn't figure out what he was trying to show me, but there were tons of uh, small fry or, or you know, baby fish all 
down there. So, you know, spring's definitely on its way. So, uh, you know, dove, dove around the site. Uh, we did, uh, you know, it, it, there's kind of like three sections to it, and we saw all three sections. I think there's a few more pieces, but uh, I, I was actually getting low on air. You know, I sucked down that air. Uh, depth was about 50 feet at the bottom. I, you know, I might have, you know, approached 51, but, uh, you know, came up the line uh, and then had to get out now. Well, I was waiting for Jim because you went on that first dive. You know, I don't normally get seasick. You know, I've I've boated boated a long time, and I've probably been seasick once or twice before in the last forty years. But man, that bobbing up on the water on the surface before getting in, I was starting, and as soon as I hit the surface and bobbing again, I was like, oh, I don't know what I've gotten myself into. You know, I guess if you you get in a boat enough times, you're going to get seasick. Right, and and that's something that I have always. You know, uh, if I'm going to get on a boat and it's going to be sitting still, I'm going to get sick. And that's just the fact of it. Um, I did pretty good. I took a couple of Dramamine before we head out, uh, before we headed out in uh, the sitting up, uh, waiting for you guys to get back. I was I was green and I, <laughs> I was kind of looking around and trying to make sure that I wasn't going to chin the waters for you guys. <clears throat> but, uh, um, you know, you might have seen some pretty nice uh fish yeah. down there if i had done that little, um, little, it was little okay rainbow going there yeah uh, it was okay and it was you know it was what two foot something like yeah. that out there and uh but that's a that's a fact of life but it's it's worth it it's something that uh, i'm aware of and have to deal with and yeah you know yeah well you kind of prepare for it but you know the reward is you're going to get it you get a good dive out of it so uh yeah i had to, had to get back in the boat do the get the kick on it took it took that's a little bit of a different maneuver you know get uh, vertical in the water and uh kick as you're going up you know we took the gear off beforehand yeah <coughs> excuse me there we'll have to edit that out um, yeah <laughs> no coffin yeah it is it's a it's a different uh you know you try and swim up and pull yourself up at the same time and and land in the boat and uh you know it's what you got to do yeah so, you know, after about the second time and, you know, a guy in each arm yanking me out of the water, I, I got on. And as soon as I hit that deck, you know, I, w- I was still still feeling awful green. I was glad when we got moving. And actually, you know, when I don't feel well, I like the cool. So I think that helped me actually because we went back in a wet wetsuit. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the ride and, and going with the wind. You know, there was still some pretty good bumps. I mean, there's some bumps where I'm sure there was, uh, you know, good 12 inches between me and the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were. I measured a couple times, and it it was pretty good. But, you know, the the thing about that is is we're going back in. We were rolling back in with the waves, and we would pass over the top, and you'd have the slow ramp up the back of the wave. And a couple of times, you know, we'd go off the end of the wave and just drop right off. And uh, there's not a lot you can do when the bottom drops out. You just kind of hang on and, and go with it. No, and, and Bob did an excellent job. Yep, he sure did. Driving that boat, you know, you you can tell. I've I've ridden with people who don't know what they're doing, and Bob definitely did know what he was doing. You know, he was yeah, heading he into the waves the right it. way, and yeah, oh, he, he he was in his element. He had fun. So uh, that was uh that was a great, you know, a great time. And you know, I I feel bad for you not being able to get down there, but. Yeah, it just gives me another reason to go back to that wreck. You know, uh, right. We'll be spoiled on the next 
wrecks as we keep getting uh, deeper and better condition wrecks. But, you know, it, it, it's diving. I mean, we're scuba obsessed, so we're going to get in that water anytime we can. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It's, uh, it's something to look forward to. Okay, well, let's go and, uh, you know, hit the news. Uh, what we'll do is we'll start off here with this this first article. And it seems like we just talked about this a few weeks ago, and it's the youngest scuba diver yet again. So, and from India, like, right? Yeah, it's from India, and uh, uh, as a ten-year-old, and I'm not, you know, again with the names, I'm not even. I, yeah. I guess I get the first name Parth. <laughs> His first name's Parth. The the rest of it, uh, Sangvi or Sangvi. Yeah, I apologize. That's that's about as close as I'm going to get. Um, but he's congratulate him on being the world's youngest diver, but everybody's chasing this. How close can somebody be certified on their 10th birthday? And they don't actually give an exact time, but you know, it ha- what was the last one? The last one was, uh, 10 years and three days. So this has got to be somewhere between exactly 10 and in three days. So it could be two days, one day. So, you know, right. I, so, you know, he, he, he did his dive in 40 feet of water near the Grand Island in uh, Goa last month, breaking the earlier world record, which was uh, by the Egypt, Egypt's uh, Natasha Turner. Uh, and it sounded like he got uh, a pretty big uh, reception from those at home. So congratulations to him. But you know, at some point, you know, we're going to have to get out a stopwatch to be able to calculate who's going to be the, the youngest diver. <laughs> Sooner, yeah, sooner or later, there cannot be any younger unless they're going to do away with the limits for uh, certification. Yeah, you know, and, that, and that's the point. You know, like I said before, is that you've got, you know, somebody. It's not, you know, there's been other people diving younger. It's just this is the uh, the certified. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next article we have is uh, divers remove 50 tons of nets, crab pots, and fishing gears from state marine waters. This is from Bellingham, Washington, and uh, uh, they're taking advantage of some of the stimulus money, and they hauled out uh, from the Northwest Straits 2,650 fishing nets and 2,000 crab pots that had been left behind by commercial and recreational fishers uh, because of bad weather mistakes or other mechanical uh, failures. So that's just like basically unclaimed luggage at the airport. I guess it's, but I mean, when when we went dive in the river, we saw those nets that were there around the pilings, you know. And I don't consider you know us a big fishing area. I guess they used to have trawlers that would go up the river there, and that's probably where those nets got. But I mean, you can imagine a fishing port that's been doing it for over a hundred years. That bottom must almost be solid nets. And so what they, they figured is that uh, they're doing this, you know, not only to save animals. They figured that 137,000 marine mammals, birds, fish, and invertebrates have been found in this abandoned gear that's been oh. pulled up so far. Uh, and they said of that number, 54,000 were dead. So, you know, those others would have been dead eventually. And that's just counting what they could pull uh, from the nets. Uh, most of the fishing nets are gill nets, uh, although the crews have removed purse, sign, trawl, agricultural nets, as well as shrimp and octopus traps. Uh, 
uh, a side benefit. Not only does it protect the marine life, but it's also protecting the recreational divers because, you know, it would be easy to get ensnared in, in something like that. Yeah, and, you know, I tried uh, I tried to claim one of the floats off one of those nets that we had come across um, just just to kind of see if I could cut through it. And, and I carry uh, a pair of uh, medic shears with me and uh, a short dive knife. Um, and I had a tough time getting through it. So if you get wrapped up into some, some significant netting, uh, you might have a, you might have an issue and have to spend a little bit of time to get freed up. Yeah. Well, you were, you were talking about, uh, you know, those shears. I mean, we call those penny cutters and I'm thinking if you can mm-hmm. cut a penny, you should be able to cut a fishing net. But <laughs> everybody who had tried it before kind of laughed. We told them that you were trying to cut the net with those, those penny cutters because it just kind of like. Uh, it just like slid off. It just, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't doing much of anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was sawing and sawing and didn't do a thing. Yeah. They, they said that serrated edge of a knife. So, uh, you know, that's a good thing. I mean, a lot of times, you know, when, when you talk about coming up with enough air and planning your dive, you got to plan that just when you are at the least amount of air and getting ready up, if you get entangled, uh, that's amount of time. And, and even though I wasn't planning on talking about it in the news there, uh, I don't know if you read about that one diver, in the cave where his buddy had to leave him. Yes, I did. Yeah. And that's a tragedy. And, uh, uh, but you know, and I haven't gone into details. Maybe we'll cover that in another episode, but you know, you, you gotta be able to plan for stuff like that. And, and even though we dive as buddies, uh, you, you really need to plan to dive by yourself, you know, be able to, to get yourself out of a situation. So, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I've bought that, you know, like the dive knife, you know, I preliminarily bought that just because you had to have it for the class, but you know, it it does come in handy. I mean, there's a reason why, uh, you need that. And the same thing with a dive light, you know, before I had a dive light, you know, what do I, why do I need a dive light? I'm diving in the daytime. You know, I, I bought, I thought I bought it for night, but now day or night, I've got that dive light with me and I'm using that. So yeah, make sure you're prepared. So, uh, but back to the article, you know, they, they, they cleaned up those nets, uh, congratulations for them. And it, you know, I, I like doing those, those eco type of dives myself. You know, I like to come up with a little bit of junk each time. Yeah. And, uh, it just, it, it retains my interest too. I feel like I'm doing something. Right. Uh, the next article is, uh, uh, the USS flyer has been found. <clears throat> really? Yep. The, uh, and this is in the Philippines, the, uh, the USS Flyers is, is a submarine. This is one of the American submarines that served during World War II. It was located in 100 meters of water off the Balbaric Strait of the Philippines. It was a Gato-class submarine on August 13, 1944. It hit a mine, and then it quickly sank to the bottom. 14 of the 86 crew members escaped, uh, but only eight survived the long swim to shore. Uh, and the U.S. Navy has confirmed the discovery in a press release this last week. So, hmm. so, uh, uh, and I'm trying to, to scan through here, see if they, they said what the depth was. I wanted to say, uh, oh, uh, 100 meters of water. So, you know, that's outside of uh, recreational uh, diving, but I, I bet you're going to see some tech divers will will go down and get on that. Yep, once, once they get... Uh get the coordinates on that they're going to be dropping in on that and checking it out okay the next one here we have here is we have uh, the uk is poised to designate 
the world's largest marine reserve, a group of islands in the Indian Ocean. Uh, I guess these it's a it's a group of fifty five islands, and uh, it will the waters, the islands, and their surrounding waters will be two hundred ten thousand square miles. <coughs> Excuse me. The Chacos Archipelago. <laughs> Goodness, not only am I coughing, but I can't can't pronounce it. But what's new? Uh, with some of the cleanest seas in the world, the island is home to uh, some uh, healthy coral reef systems, and they're looking to preserve that. So uh, I guess you know if you're in the UK and uh, that's one of the things that you you want to support or encourage, you know, talk to your representatives and and get them to. Uh, continue this so it hasn't happened yet but it's in the process uh, the next one is there are some divers that uh, rescued some trapped seals uh, they the, the seals were uh, caught in some fishing line and this is uh, near Staten Island New York members of the New York Police Department scuba dive team uh, rescued a trapped seal in netting off the waters on Tottenville. Everybody on the East Coast is laughing as I pronounce that as well. Uh, the seal's torso was stuck in the monofilament fishing line in the waters off Jolene Avenue. So if you happen to be a local, you'll probably know where that is. The seals have been st- uh, the seal had been stuck there since Tuesday evening, according to nearby residents. It took two scuba divers uh, to rescue them. They used a pair of shears. And they cut the lines off. So I wonder if they were those penny cutters. Did I lose you, Jim? Hey, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. <laughs> I had, you know, this mute button. You know what that does? It's if you up. hit it, you can't hear me. Hmm. Mute. Huh. Gee, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, caller. <clears throat> could you? But could you imagine? Okay, you've got a seal that's that's uh, that's tied up. He's probably not real happy, and it's not a tame animal in him anyway. That takes some guts to swim up and try and free it, whether you're trying to do a good deed or not. That seal's not too sure of your intentions. Yeah, well, it's kind of like that shark uh, the week before. So yeah, the yeah, it, yeah it's it's not yeah you know, it, it's uh, it might sound easy, but and and you know that they're panicked. So they're panicked. They don't normally want to be around you, or at least if they are, it's under, under, yep. it's under they're in control. But being entangled, gosh, that, that animal had to have been panicking and thrashing around. So, um, you know, kudos to those guys who were able to save the animal. And then here for our, for our last one is uh, uh, the initial public input period for the federal fish strategy has ended. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to try to avoid the political articles, but here's one where uh, it, it appears, you know, and I, and I don't want to be calling conspiracy, but it appears that they're trying to limit the use of the waterways. And, and we got to be careful when we cover this line of what is green and healthy for the environment and to the point of where we exclude any use so uh right what the concern is and i'll have a link to the article so uh you can go and uh and and get to it and this is reported on espn uh 
is that there's a federal strategy that could prohibit U.S. citizens from fishing some of the nation's oceans, coastal areas, Great Lakes, and even inland waters. So, you know, the, the, what what you're starting to see is that there's this movement that's trying to say that, you know, this fishing is hurting the environment. And there's people with all sorts of agendas. You know, some people say fishing's mean or or other things. And, you know, we just got to be careful when when we come at these initiatives. And you're starting to see it. The uh, NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmosphere Administration, you know, the, the, you know, they're involved with this. And it's you're starting to see some anti-use. And, you know, you might say we're scuba divers, we're not fishermen. But, you know, if they restrict people from fishing, what makes you think they're going to let us scuba dive? Right. And, you know, it's always it's always uh, um, people have always got the viewpoint of, well, it doesn't affect me directly. Um, and there's a lot of situations like that, that uh, it's a progression of things. Um uh, you know, you got to watch out for other people's rights too, because uh, if if uh, if if they're all gone, who's going to speak up for you? Because you might be in a pretty small minority. Um, it's a dangerous thing to start doing to restrict it for uh, for one from one class or one event, uh, especially something like this. Well, and if you look at you know, let's let's look at the you know what the economic stimulus of fishing does and when you look at these conservation programs that that fishermen do and what they fund especially here in the great lakes with the fisheries and stocking lakes and ponds and rivers you know these fishermen are not taking fish just to deplete it they're out there it's an activity and they try to give back as much as they take at least i'm at least i'm hoping that's what everybody's doing so you know it, it just concerns me when I see people maybe with other motives going after this. So we need to keep our public lands available for responsible use. You know, and I guess responsible's, you know, something we have to be careful for. People are going to interpret it differently, but you know, we we just got to watch. So if you disagree with me, get involved. If you agree with me, get involved. You know, it's when we sit silent with our government leaders that we let these things happen to us. And that's something that we, we shouldn't be doing. You know, get out there, get involved. And if if you want to scuba dive, let's make sure that we're responsible users of these natural resources we have and that we encourage their use. You know, you know, it, 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 we've got tough economic times and it's easy to stop funding some of these things. You know, we need these boat ramps just like the fishermen do to get in the water. We need these beach shores, rivers, access. So uh, let's keep this uh, use open for everybody. So there's there's my soapbox for the week. <laughs> it was a good soapbox. Good soapbox, yeah. So uh, and and go ahead and stop in our message forums if you think we're all wet, which we we usually are wet. That's the idea, isn't That's it? That's the idea. <laughs> jump jump into the forums, uh, you know, comment on it and get there. Oh, something else we had this last week. Uh, now that we're done talking about the news, we had the Mud Club meeting. Yeah. Right. It's always great to have a nice mud club, mud mud club for you know some of the new listeners. That's the uh, Michigan Underwater Divers. It's a club we belong with, and there's lots of great clubs in Michigan. You know, uh, some of the members are uh, join many of the clubs, but uh, it's been an invaluable resource for us just uh, learning to dive, where to dive, connecting with people. 
and uh, getting out and you know the, just just can't beat it. Um, so we we had that this week and we got out and had some pizza. Uh, so do, we, do you have any diving plans for the weekend, Jim? Um, well, uh, I think we're going to try and get out to an inland lake this weekend. I'm not sure where. Um, I know we've got some pretty good uh, um, scouting aerial shots of the piers. Uh, looks like visibility is good off the south side of the south pier and yeah. out into the lake a little bit. Let's um, describe that, that picture. We'll, we'll, I'll try and post it on the website if I can, if I can steal it from Don or mm-hmm. Mac. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you imagine this pier that makes a channel that goes out in the water, what, probably a you know, quarter to a half mile, and in between the piers is brown like a chocolate bar. It's because bad. because we've got the runoff, you know, it's we've got a little bit of light rain, you've got snow that's melting, uh, you know, ice has melted off the inland uh, lake, so you've got water movement. It's taking all that sediment that's been trapped and suspended in ice and snow all winter, and it's getting it into the river. So you got this chocolate brown ribbon, chocolate brown ribbon, going out into Lake Michigan, and then on the south side where it's protected by the pier, you could literally see the boulders in the water. Yeah. It's just the contrast be- between those those uh, different waters. I'd, I'd like to get down there and just to be able to see that uh, where the, the mud comes out of the river into the clean lake water, just to see where it's, uh, see if it's as sharp and crisp and um, even as it, as it looks in the photos. It does, it does look even. And, uh, uh, maybe you could find some scuba ball, uh, scuba balls, golf balls. <laughs> scuba balls. Well, it's not a, it's not an official mud, mud club dive until I understand you find a golf ball. And, uh, and Bob I know Bob found one. one this weekend and he left it. So the next person can have an actual dive. Yeah. Um, but, so, but uh, you're planning on doing an inland lake. It's possible. We're talking about maybe hitting Diamond Lake uh, this weekend, um, but I'm not sure. Things have a you know kind of up in the air right now. So, so who's who's talking about going? Well, we we're talking uh, Kirk, and I don't know if we could find somebody else to tag along or not. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, now you're going. You're not able to dive this week because you're going out of town this weekend, right? Yep, I'm going out of town, leaving the morning with the family. Uh, and if I can't be diving in water, we're going to be playing in water. So we're <laughs> we're, we're heading up to uh, an indoor water park in was up in the Wisconsin Dells area, and uh, just going to enjoy it. Uh, take the kids and go with some friends and just uh, play around and have a have a good time. That's great fun. That's that's always fun to go to those places. Yeah, and then so uh, I I understand that. Uh, the, the following week, which we'll talk about next week, we'll be uh, doing a dive on another wreck out in Lake Michigan. And I just lost Jim. Uh, if you're listening live, I'm going to pause this, pick Jim back up, and then get back into the call. And I'm back. What happened there? You, you back in now? I'm back in. Okay. And I think I've, I'm have i learning a little bit more of this Skype thing, so we got you back, and we're still online. 
Okay, cool. Hey, hey. Okay, let's get back into it. So, where, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> we were, uh, when I when I left, we were talking about uh, just finishing up talking about getting up to a water park in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna we'll we'll get up to that water park, uh, have a great time. But then the following week, uh, it sounds like we're gonna try and get out into uh, Lake Michigan and do another uh, wreck dive. Oh, really? Yep. So, uh, are are you gonna be heading off in the Florida by then, or will you still be here? You know, I don't. Uh, I think I'll be here. Cool. Um, you guys gonna have room in the boat? I I think so. I think they were planning on both you and me going. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Let me check my calendar here. I think I'll be there. Um, and that, so that would be, yeah, I think okay. I'll be here. Cool. Now Sounds we, like a plan. It's a, if we, I think we're going to have enough interest. We almost need to get a bigger boat. <gasps> Famous quote from the Jaws movie. Yeah. You're going to need, need a bigger, bigger boat. boat. So, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that'll be good. What, uh, what's ever, where are we talking about going? You know, I should know, and we'll talk about it next week, but I, I heard the name Verano dropped. Okay, yep. So that was one of them. They mentioned uh, two or th- two or three, uh, and it's probably going to depend on what the weather's like as far as how long you yeah. know, we want to do a, a drive out there. But yeah. uh, <clears throat> it sounds like I don't have anything else planned yet if i don't get the evil eye when i mention that or going diving again and then i should be diving into my new gear by that point in time so oh I'll be, that'll be nice i'll be nice i'll nice. be nice to break that in so mm-hmm. oh and then speaking of that you know i i got my scuba vehicle this week that's right you did you had to uh last time we had met you had uh had to say goodbye to your old faithful uh yeah. and uh find a replacement so you found one and and uh, picked it up, and it's. Now I just gotta figure out how to protect it because I've already been warned. If I get any scuba juice on the carpet, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be in trouble. Well, it's, I don't think that's out of line. <laughs> no, no, I, understandably so. Yeah, the, you know, the the thing with ice diving in the winter is that you can drip a lot in the carpet when it's, uh, you know, below freezing and nobody notices. But there's gonna be a day when that inside of that car thaws out, and everybody's <laughs> gonna know. <laughs> yeah, at the inside of the windows will all be fogged up because it's so moist in there when it's yeah. melted. And, and then I get all be right. What's, what's that smell? You know, and I, see, I love seafood, so it just makes me hungry. But everything well, else, yeah. it, it just it just turns their stomach. So I don't know where you get your seafood, but <laughs> it doesn't make me hungry. <laughs> There's some nastiness that <laughs> when that lake water starts to ferment. But good, that that's good. So we've yep. got. Uh, Got yep. a, another vehicle for some gear, yeah. Yep, yep. I'm putting a hitch on next week, so you know we'll be able to pull whatever we need to pull with it. So, hmm. yep, yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we could we can fit a few people in there. So, uh, so I, I, I'm excited about that. Good. Okay. So, uh, do we got anything else? I think we we just about did it to another week. We talked. To, I thought this was gonna be a a short one with my voice crackling the way it is, but we were able to pull a full episode out of it. Yeah. Yep. And you still sound, uh, well, I was going to say you sound good, but you sound the same way you did when we started. How's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're consistent. Right, so, uh, right. next week we'll try and have uh, a guest on the show. 
uh, you know, we're not kidding when we say it's getting to be scuba season. There's a lot of quarries and things opening up. Uh, you know, scuba lessons are getting into full swing, even up here in the north. So uh, great times coming. Yeah, there's, and I know if anybody's out there and in, in, you're probably already certified, you're already a diver. But if you're not, or you know somebody that, that wants to get into it, every shop right now is, uh, that I'm aware of, is running uh, Discover uh, scuba classes. Um, and, you know, for low cost or no cost, uh, those local shops, uh, get somebody that you know to go out and uh, try it out and see if it's something that they'll like. Uh, not everybody gets bit, but when you get bit, you get bit hard, and uh, <laughs> you really enjoy it. You certainly do, and if you're an experienced scuba diver, but you haven't been diving because you don't have a dive buddy, what a better chance to get uh, you know, somebody to go diving with you than to introduce them into scuba. You love it, and you know they will too, so go out, grab them, encourage them into it, You know, you know maybe even... Uh, Offer to split half the cost of the class. I don't know how generous or rich you are, but you know, uh, you know, once you get them hooked, then you know you've got somebody to go diving with. Right, right. So yeah, and and the deals are out there. I mean, uh, you know, we we we're, I feel I feel like we're coming out of this bad economy, and uh, but there's there's a lot of deals to be had. Okay, so I think we're on to the bad scuba joke of the week. Oh, no. So, you know, we're talking about things stinking inside of hot cars. So, here we go. A few members of a local dive club went off diving and went diving off the, the south coast. Amongst them was Ed and Sharon, a husband and wife who always do, uh, dove together. On their last dive, they got separated. Sharon surfaced okay, but her husband was nowhere to be seen. They initiated a search, but after a long day and night, it was called off, and Sharon went back home alone and heartbroken. The next day, the club diving officer knocked on Sharon's front door and said, I'm really sorry, Sharon, but I've got some bad news. I've got some good news, and i got some very good news. Fearing the worst, Sharon said, give it to me straight. What's the bad news? And he said, well, we found your husband's body came the solemn reply. Oh my God, wept Sharon. You know, she's understandably distraught. After a while, she regained her composure. And she said, well, what's the good news? The dive officer excitedly said, you won't believe it, but we brought him up and there are two large crabs and three huge lobsters. <laughs> After some time, Sharon says, well, what's the very good news then? The dive officer said, well, we're going to bring him up again tomorrow morning. Wait, that's not funny. We shouldn't be laughing at that. We shouldn't be laughing, but uh, yeah, we talked about things that stunk, and that one did. So, oh yes, it did. <laughs> so, uh, you know, everybody, go out there and get wet. Still there, Jim? I'm here. I'm sorry. What else? Are I was sleeping. Do? I don't know. Go out and get wet. Oh, and dive safe. Okay. <laughs> Good night. (laughs) 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 Oh.